no more. I am delivered. I don't like men no more. I said I like women. Women, 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 women. I said women. I'm not gay. I would not date a man. I would not carry a purse. I would not put on makeup. I will. I will love a woman. Jackson uh, couldn't make it today, so uh, I'm going to start with the first introduction. He yells, the price is wrong, as he loots a CVS. Mr. Rob Fortune. I'm good. How are you, Jomo? Uh, you know, I'm spry. Um, I'm waiting for the meteor, is what I'm waiting for, my friend. I'm waiting mm. for the fucking meteor. Um, Let's just fucking die. Yeah. Um, you know, apparently Bud Light's gay, but I always say it's always been gay. It's, 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 it's a gay beer. It sucks. Mm. It, it tastes like water, mm. pretty much. So, I don't even mm. think gay people like Bud Light. So, all right. No, it's not even that it just tastes like water. It's that it's like more expensive than the other shit beers that taste like water. It's like twice the price. For real. For mm. real. Well, why drink that? We could drink turpentine, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Then my next introduction. We got to get this man uh, in here. He screams, "Have a blast!" as he gets bukkakeed, Mister Jack Falcon. Bro, that was crisp. Ooh, that's cheap. That's, crisp. You know what, that's that's cheap. You know what this is? What is it? Miller High Life. 96 calories a can. Okay. I'm trying to watch my figure. I've been working out, so I'm trying to watch the old figure. You should watch mm-hmm. your uh you should watch your receding hairline. That's what you should. Watch. <laughs> well, I can't do anything about that. <laughs> like they say, you can be you can be like bald and fat or you can just be bald. So, well, just be bald. Just be bald. Yeah, that's the point. Yeah. So, but here's the thing. This Miller Light, I'm not going to lie. It tastes like shit. I don't know who says who says it tastes good. If anyone does, but yeah, it's ass compared to pretty much every other beer in existence. So you know, it's a good cheap beer is Coors. I got to say that. I, I I like when I used to golf all the time. I would drink Coors and just fucking smash it between the links, and um, I, I really like doing that. And then next thing you know, I get a DUI. Like no big deal. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if the, this place must have had Coors, but I don't know why I bought this. I think I bought this because I had like the least amount of calories. I was like, I'm going to try it out. But yeah, it tastes like shit. So come on, Coors. All right. Are you ready for so? Game? Well, one one other thing. I started jump roping. Oh, okay. Nice. And so, you know, you know what they say: the hardest part of jump roping is no keeping your erection down, telling your parents you're gay. Yeah, so. nice. <laughs> but dude jump roping is hard because there's like mind or hand eye coordinate hand mind coordination like it's hard mm. it was tripping me up mm. anyway that's it <clears throat> trying wow, to watch that was, figure. That's that, that was so good like that was <laughs> I try, great, I'm trying to watch the figure bro great story holy shit I'm... so i have a, i have a pool party coming up in five weeks and i'm trying to sculpt down or sculpt up or just like halfway decent that's all this is the lamest mm. fucking story you've ever told me. <laughs> oh, i'm sorry five fucking episodes that we've done oh this is sorry fucking lame all right forget the whole thing i made i made it all up yeah i hope so it sounds like some <laughs> bullshit anyway fuck mary kill we got to hear from mr rob fortune first uh it's going to be Catherine heigl she was in knocked up and a, uh what is it gray's anatomy or whatever she uh we got regina hall 
She's been in a few movies, but she's known famously for uh, being in Scary Movie, the original. And then we have Whitney Cummings, who's a uh, comedian, I'm doing air quotes, comedian, um, who's uh, gotten some traction. Um, so we got Katherine Heigl, uh, Regina Hall, and Whitney Cummings. Go. Okay, I'm going to marry Regina Hall, bang Catherine Hegel, and uh, Whitney Cummings I'm going to kill. Um, okay, two reasons. Like, I tried to get into her a number of times. I, I, I think she's supposed to be like within my wheelhouse or whatever. But in her podcast, she interrupts people so much, it gives me like, a, I, mm. I, I get like a trauma response when, I, when I'm interrupted <laughs> that much. So uh, I got to kill her. Good, solid, kill the bitch, go. For, sure. for some reason, I I, I want to bang uh, Whitney Cummings. I don't know. Like, she's kind of attractive. Yeah, she's annoying. But, like, I think I'm fucking her. Now, here's the thing. Catherine Heigl, I know, is a bitch. She was on. She was in Knocked Up and stuff. She was in, like, the Judd Apatow stuff. And she was, like, such a raging bitch that they kicked her out. Like, they didn't want to uh, have anything to do with her. So, you can't marry her. So, yeah, I guess I have to marry Regina Hall. She's hot as hell to begin with. But Catherine Heigl, it's like, god damn. You know, look, look at that gif. I know. Look at the like, leche bags. I know she got leche bags going on there, and those are real too. You could tell by you could tell by the ebb and flow of those things. The definition. But I, yeah. yeah, but I know she's a raging bitch, and I just I want to fuck Whitney Cummings. She just looks like it could be fun. I don't know. So Catherine Heigl, even though I want to bang her as well, I'm definitely not marrying her. So she's dead. Okay. Interesting. I mean, I I went you know uh, kind of similar. Well, actually, pretty much the same as you. Uh, I, Whitney Cummings, fucking. She looks like she's annoying, but she looks like a good fuck. Like, she's like, hey, I'm just, I want to get married. I'll do anything. And I'm going to take that to advantage. I'm going to get her best A game. <laughs> I'm getting her best A game, and I'm not calling her back. All right? So everything's going to be consensual. It's fine. I'm just a piece of shit as usual. Okay? Regina Hall, like, I'm marrying Regina Hall when she was, like, in Scary Movie Man. In shape. Yeah. Um, she looks fun, though, like, in real life. Like, she's actually, like, a cool person. Oh, yeah. Who would like you know go out and do stuff and she'll try new things and you know she she looks like you know I we can mix the gene pool things are gonna get good we're gonna have healthy kids all right and then uh, mm. Catherine Heigl uh, yo because she, she like is disrespectful to not go topless okay when you have such great fucking like you have great ass titties like how are you not going topless. In uh, in um, what's what's that fucking movie? Knocked up. Um, she looks like a boring fuck. She looks like she only does missionary, and that's why she's dying. I'm shooting her in her cannon. <laughs> she's going to the sun. Icarus does not live. Okay, that was a mm. periphery joke, mm -hmm. but that mm. segues to who are we talking about today? We're talking about periphery. We're going to talk about three of the records. Periphery two. This time it's it's personal mm -hmm. from 2012. Per periphery three. Select difficulty from 2016, and periphery five. Gent is not a genre from 2023. Mm. We listened to what the original one, their first record before. Yeah, we listened to it on the uh, Gent episode. Yes. Yeah. So they do have part four called Hail Stan. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. A lot uh, which I don't. I don't know why you didn't pick it because I think it's my favorite out of I all have the a plan. Oh, okay. So I have yeah. a plan. Okay. 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 So anyway, we're starting with two. And oh, so there are documentaries made on a couple of these records and they're on YouTube and they're really good. And it, it really helps you kind of put a face to the band and you can see how everyone is like really cool and down to earth. And these documentaries are great. And they like remember when we watched St. Anger? 
Oh God. Like, yeah. I the, remember that. Or torture. whatever it's called. Some kind of monster. Yeah. Mm. That documentary, it's like everything around that album is a fucking train wreck. So watching these, it's, it's like, brings you back to normalcy. These people like each other. They're friends. Oh, like they work well together. They, they kind of play stuff and they, they, they bounce it off each other and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, they're really well done. They're done by one of, I believe another member of the band who you, well, he used to be in the band and now he isn't, I believe. Uh, so he directs it and stuff. It's really well done. I watched the one for five today and it's fucking great. I would watch all of them. So those are out there. And again, it kind of just helps you put like a face to the band if you haven't seen them before. All right, let me drop this artwork. Are we ready? Is everyone here ready? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And surprisingly, there's actually not a whole lot of information on any periphery album. So these intros are going to be short. Oh, they also come, all this shit comes from uh, Wikipedia, except for the part that comes from the Grammy website because periphery was nominated for a Grammy. Um, okay. Let's, let's start this off. Periphery 2, this time it's personal. It's a 14 track record released in 2012, coming in at exactly 69 minutes long. Uh, it's, this is the band's second studio album, reaching number 44 on the U.S. Billboard 200 charts and uh, selling nearly 12,000 copies in its first week of release and contains the singles Make, Total Destroy, Scarlet, and Ragnarok. Uh, this time it's personal is the first record by the band to feature new members Mark Holcomb and Adam Nolly Get Good. That is actually his last name. I thought like I was being trolled because like Get Good is a meme on the internet, but that is actually his, his last name, Get Good. Replacing Alex Boyce and Tom Murphy on guitar and bass respectively. There are three guest star solos on the record. Guthrie, Govan on Have a Blast, John Petrucci on, uh, excuse me, of Dream Theater on Erised, which is how you pronounce that song that it looks like it's pronounced Arised. It's actually pronounced Erised. Uh, and Wes Hawk, formerly of The Facelifts, on Mile Zero. Two extra songs were included on the limited edition version, an instrumental titled Far Out, and a cover of Slipknot's The Heretic Anthem from 2001's Iowa. Uh, Rob, what do you think of Periphery 2? Um, so let's see. I, I'm going to give this a number three for the week for me. And like, yeah, so Periphery is a bit too much for, for me. And like, as far as the Gent goes, I'm going to like, I, uh, I, I think I placed this at the bottom of, of the Gent episode. It's like, I love Animals as Leaders. Uh, their 2022 album was my album of the year. I listen to it all the time. Uh, so I think the instrumental thing works well. My biggest complaint about Periphery is the vocals. Okay, so it's like... I think uh, for Periphery 1, I, I uh, complained about the, like, okay, you got the... I, I don't know the names for all the fucking screams, so I'm going to botch my explanation. But it's like, okay, I got, I'm got i going to do a death metal growl here. I'm going to do an inward uh, scream here. I'm going to do an outward scream there. And then I'm going to do one second of emo vocals and then back to a fucking... It's like uh, throwing a whole bunch of shit in a blender and making a Jackson Pollock out of it. <laughs> I... Uh, it's 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 too much uh but you know and um but like there are there are moments on every album that i like and so it's just kind of like you know how how long do i go before i'm overwhelmed overstimulated and just like it, it uh annoyed uh it this and and i have to say uh I, like this week I was door dashing and so like and it was it's kind of like summer out so like women are out and they're like uh they're like they're, I'm seeing legs and boobs everywhere and I'm like and and like I feel I actually feel more like embarrassed to listen to periphery than I do fucking God. Fleetwood Mac. Damn. Uh 
Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, if if <laughs> if I if I listen to Fleetwood Mac at a fucking red light, it's like, oh well, I have gay parents, you know. Like, that's, <laughs> my, that's, my, that's my explanation. Yeah. What like I feel like I'm too fucking old to be listening to Periphery at the. Yeah. But yeah, it's like I don't know. It's like the 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 emo vocals. Like I listen to so many bands with uh, like uh, annoying high pitched whiny voices. So I don't know why this this one annoys me. Uh, is. Uh, Fuck, fucking, I don't know. But uh, so uh, I'm going to give this one number three for the week, and that's it. So even after this week, honestly, I still I don't know what Gent is. I have no fucking clue, especially <laughs> when especially when you listen to the last no album. I'm fool. like, I, I no, I don't. I have no clue. I don't know what it is. It, I don't know. I don't know, like, what specifically makes something Gent. I have no fucking clue, especially when listening to five. There's so much different shit crammed into that record that I was like, OK, what the fuck? I don't know. Uh, I, I like this band a lot. I think all their stuff, though, is like a bit overproduced. It's like too perfect uh, pretty much everywhere. Uh, but the sound quality of all the records is like really good. And also, I think the flow of all their records is really good. There's there's like these interludes that happen at the end of songs that branch them to the next song, uh, which is really cool. If you watch, uh, again, like one of their... Um, uh, one of their documentaries, they show you all the stuff they use and they have like equipment from the sixties and they have equipment uh, from like the eighties. And then they have like modern versions of like both of those equipments. They have like 15 different guitar pedals. They have a guitar pedal that you plug in to make your sound sound degraded, like, like a VHS tape over time or some shit. So they have all kinds of stuff going on there. But I think the flow of these records like works really well. I like when I listen to this, I don't think there's necessarily a bad song on these. Uh, well, there's songs that I don't like, but like, they, they they flow the whole the thing is like the flow is there and it keeps moving so i think that this is my favorite of the week um i do also think it's too long for me i think all these records are too long for me uh there are some songs on here that are 16 minutes there are some or that might be that might have been on part four there are some songs on here that are like 11 12 minutes uh it's not that they're bad but they are like a bit too long for me and i'm going to say this as i'm going to say on all the records there's way more single potential here then was put out so later on they start their own record label and they start putting out the records themselves so at that point uh it's like everything should be a single whore the whole album out like the part five i'd whore the entire thing out to become a single there's a song in here called uh face palm you which has to be one of the greatest song titles of all time <laughs> and now i like the singing so there you we get multiple styles of singing here we on uh, some of these songs we actually get like death metal singing like the last song mass immune that song has like death metal singing and that might be the only time we get it in the album uh and so like that song is brutal at points um and then we get the emo singing that comes in every now and then. We get the regular singing. We get the regular screaming. And I like this guy as a singer. I, when we went into this week, I don't know why I thought Periphery was an instrumental band. Uh, when we did the Gent episode, it was so long ago, I forgot. I haven't listened to them since. So I, I could have sworn that everyone there was uh, instrumental, but they aren't. Um, and I, I like this guy. I, I think... Uh, I think he works well with them. Uh, like I'm saying, it is kind of overproduced and into that direction. And also, this fan base is pretty intense. Uh, so on Face Palm Mute, there's a there's a uh, comment that says this song is really good at the zero zero mark. So there's a lot of these comments. I, I want to bring up some of them because I think a lot of people hit this uh, kind of stuff on the head. There's a song called Luck as a as a constant, and um, one of the comments on that says this song is a perfect example of why periphery have three guitarists oh, and God. 
like, yeah, so this, this CD is good. I like it. I like the stuff all jumbled together and we get that even more going forward, like off the fucking deep end going forward, which is still cool. Uh, but there's a lot of stuff going on here and I can see it turning some people off. I can also see being embarrassed by some of the emo vocals. Uh, but I don't know. I think, I think these guys work well together and, um, there's a lot going on here and there's a lot to take in. Joma, what do you think of this record? Dude, this is like literally the album that got me into periphery, man. I didn't listen to P1 first or the self-titled. Um, the big thing for me is that, um, I was, I'll tell you the story, man. I was walking in a hot topic in somewhere in fucking Connecticut. I didn't want to go there, but I wanted to get a look at some new music. I was just bored and I had a day off from work and I saw this fucking album on the shelf and I saw John Pitrucci on there and I've been a dream theater fan since I was a kid. Um, now not so much. I'm more critical of them and they pretty much run that. Uh, it's a long story, but but when I listened to this album, man, I picked it out. I was like, fuck it, I'll, I'll get it. I, I listened to Have a Blast, like the, the, the second song in the album. And I was like, yo, this is just... I, I started to critique him. I was like, man, these guys are really good. They're a little bit, you know, here and there. They're very technical, but it, some of their songs are just too long. And I think that if Periphery would have said more with less, I think that maybe like instead of 69 minutes it would have been a lot if they made it like shorter maybe maybe about 40 minutes 45 minutes that they would have caught more uh attention in the mainstream but when you're this good you don't need to man and um you were talking about face problem you i thought it was just crazy fucking heavy the bass tracks is are, are just insane man uh nolly get good man coming into this band opened up a different kind of heaviness when you compare them to like the original periphery album man the original periphery album was kind of just like you know it's misha mansoor he's basically you know he, he was on SoundClick and a few other platforms where he was just you know putting his uh riffs out there and you know just on guitar forms and he just he caught a liking man and he started to get people together and he created this well he was one of the founders of this band i want to say he created it and if people don't know, uh, Misha Mansour actually did uh, a lot of the guitars, but he did drum in early periphery, man, like very early periphery when Chris Beretta was in the band. And then he found, he found another drummer, then he found Matt Halpern, which they've stuck with, and he's phenomenal. But Chris Beretta, I'm glad uh, that I, I shared a video. Like Chris Beretta is just, he, he wasn't there. His voice, his vocals are not there. They sound very whiny and emo um, to me. Uh, I think they made a solid decision to kick uh, Chris Barreto out because he was toxic as fuck. And then they, you know, brought in Spencer, who's been writing, uh, writing with the band for quite some time. And I know that Rob is critical of him. Um, I'm critical at sometimes, uh, mainly in his live shows. I've seen Periphery about four or five times right now. And I would say he, he gets a bit whiny. Um, but, you know, to keep it, you know, sum it up, man. Uh, Ragnarok and Make Total Destroy are just... My highlight of the album, I, I thought they were just solid fucking songs. Uh, the, the composition of the songs, they can do no wrong with me, man. And if you listen closely on um, um, Luck on a Constant and a lot of the songs, there's a lot of Matt Halpern throwing in ghost notes to the gentiness of that uh, of, of the guitar riffs, man. So listen closely to those and you can hear and like all the gent riffs. Gent riffs are more like, more like palm muted, heavy fucking riffs, man. And it's just... It's just really heavy as fuck, man. I, I, I just... I, 
this album gave me gave me a fucking new understanding of what good music is. I give it an eight out of ten uh, from all the music I listened to. So yeah, face palm you is heavy as fuck, and it ends with like this really beautiful uh, composition uh, that brings it to the next song. So these guys will constantly do this thing where they have things that are heavy as shit, and then like really nice and beautiful right next to it. Ragnarok is another one. When I hear that song, it's like, these guys have to be one of the heaviest bands on earth. My buddy always says Gojira is the heaviest band on earth. I don't know if that's true, but when I hear shit like Ragnarok, it's like, these guys have to be up there. Um, For sure. So uh, one of the comments on uh, the gods must be crazy. Someone says there are melodies and there are P2 melodies. Mm. Um, And I will say that on that song, that chorus is like infectious. I'm surprised it wasn't a single. It's not my favorite. It's like a, a lot of the songs when I hear them, even if they're not my favorite, I can see fans like eating it up. Uh, this album starts with a song called uh, Moramasa, and it's a great way to open the record because it has balls, it means business, and it doesn't overshadow the rest of the record, right? You can't, you well, you can because they did, but you can't really open up an album with Seven Nation Army because everything else sucks in comparison. <laughs> uh, but but Moramasa, I wasn't expecting to be so short. It's like two minutes long. Uh, so have a blast is the first song that has a guitar solo in it and Guthrie's guitar solo on on that song is fucking awesome. And the rhythm section is tight as balls. Uh, so the song with John Petrucci is called, uh, era said that is the name of the mirror from Harry Potter, uh, where you can like see the thing that you want and it will show, or you can like think about something you want and it will show it to you. So era said is desire backwards or mirrored. And you gotta admit that's fucking genius. Mm. Uh, Anyway, his guitar solo on that song is good. It's not my favorite. I listened to it like 50 times. It's good. There's like points that I do like. It's not like mind-blowing in my opinion. But Mile Zero, easily best guitar fucking solo on the record. I don't know who Wes, like Hawk is. I've, I've never heard of him before. He kills it. Amazing. Like the best fucking thing here. So yeah, there's tons of stuff you can dive into. I don't know if we talked about Scarlet. Uh, it's a song I want to see live. I wore that song like bang, Banger Status. Great, great song. Yeah, and there's all kinds of cool stuff going on on here. Oh, there's a, there's an instrumental song called Epic. Uh, and I don't know what to say about the song because it's like a digital techno feeling instrumental. I don't know why it's here. I don't know why it's on the album. And this is another thing that kind of deters me off the path of like understanding what Gent is because then I hear this kind of shit and I'm like, what the fuck is this? What does this have to do with the rest of the album? But there's a comment on this song that says, this track will forever hold some of my most cherished memories which I was surprised to see that because like if you're into periphery for their style of music, I don't know who was like, Oh my God, like Epic. That's my jam. That's the song I want more of. Uh, again, it's not like it's bad. It's just like this digital fucking techno thing. People are going to like it, but it was weird to see, to see that comment. Uh, but yeah, this is a great record. Uh, there's tons of cool stuff going on. Again, I like that mashup. I like taking all these different styles of music, uh, or at least singing or whatever, uh, and like smashing them together. Another thing is that one of the last things I got for the writing of this is that Heretic Anthem, the cover of it, was on like the limited edition version of this. But when I was listening to these records a couple days ago, I constantly get Corey Taylor um vibes and slipknot vibes through this band's catalog. A lot of time in the singing, sometimes in the drumming. But yeah, there's like four or five different styles of singing from the singer. And one of them is definitely like Corey Taylor inspired. Uh, Is there anything else anyone wants to say about Periphery 2? No, it's a great album. All right, let's read some comments. First one says, this is how you intro an album. It has a slow build, but uh, still stands on its own as a pretty great song. Next one says, you know, a song is good when everyone's favorite part is, uh, uh, excuse me, when everyone's favorite part of the song is different. Uh, next, this band blows my mind constantly. How the hell do you make music this good? 
Next one, the middle section of G is just the best part of the whole album. And then lastly, I knew they would, but I wasn't sure how Periphery would top everything before this album. So yeah, this is one of their more, uh, their more popular ones. I think their least popular album, they put out a double record in 2015. It's called uh, Juggernaut, Alpha, and Omega. They came out the same day. It's kind of like Use Your Illusion 1 and 2. Instead of making them one double album, they made them two single albums and released them the same day. Um, I don't know exactly why. Be besides the the fact that the music is probably completely different um but juggernaut alpha is the lowest rated periphery album of their entire career mm -hmm. yeah so i agree i haven't heard it yet is that is that part of your it's your part, plan it's part of the scheme brother okay <laughs> let's move on to three <laughs> yeah i think this is going to be a pretty short episode we're just kind of hanging out chilling yeah man you know um popping okay. each other's assholes no big deal yeah all right we ready rap yeah yeah okay uh periphery three select difficulties 11 track record released in 2016 coming in just over 64 minutes long it's the band's fifth studio album reaching number 22 on the u.s billboard 200 charts and contains the singles the price is wrong flatline and marigold select difficulty is the last album the band released on the uh sumerian record record label and is the last album to feature bassist Adam Nolly Getgood as an official member of Periphery before he left the band in 2017. Getgood wanted to focus more on his family, personal production projects, and get good drums as he would not be, uh, excuse me, so he would not be touring with the band. Periphery then decided to use Getgood's backing tracks for their live performances. He would return on 2019's Periphery 4, Hail Stan, to produce, engineer, and mix it in addition to contribute final bass parts. So it's cool that this guy was in the band. He left at some point, but he didn't leave on like a bad note. And he was able to come back and help everybody out because he is a, a producer and engineer and recorder. He lives in England, I believe. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, they recorded, at least on the dock, they recorded the drums over there with him. And they all seem like they're all still friends and everything. Uh, between violin, viola, viola, as I pronounce that, viola, oh, cello french horn trumpet bass trombone and choir wikipedia lists 24 additional personnel that con that uh, contributed to the record at 2016's 59th annual grammy awards the price is wrong was nominated for best metal performance but lost to whom jomo I'm, oh god damn um what, what year damn it you put me on the spot 2016 2016 uh fuck it i don't know i don't know how did I put you on the spot? I told you in the beginning they were nominated for a Grammy. You knew I was coming to this. I knew it. Uh, they lost to Megadeth with Dystopia. Now, here's the thing. Disgusting. I, Disgusting. No, here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. That, that Grammy, I'm not saying it's not well-deserved because Megadeth is one of my favorite bands of all time, but that specific Grammy is like uh, the drummer from uh, Rust in Peace, uh, that era. Uh, what's his name? Fucking... Uh... Nick Mansa. Nick Menza, he died right before that. And I really think that this Grammy to Megadeth was like a pity Grammy. I really do. Like when uh, I when I saw they won for that, I I, I was like, I feel like they, they're like, okay, they've never won a Grammy ever. Nick Menza just died. Give him the fucking Grammy. Because there are times like when Black Sabbath got a Grammy when I'm not saying they shouldn't have, but it's like at that point, just like give him a lifetime achievement award. But anyway, I don't mean to be rude about it, but I really like what uh, the things surrounding that Megadeth Grammy. I'm like, okay, I think. Uh, either they realized they fucked up back in the day for not giving Rust in Peace one, or they kind of—I don't—I just feel like it was a pity Grammy. Anyway, they lost to to Megadeth for that. Uh, Jomo, what do you think about uh, Periphery Three? Bro, I, I love all the puns in these fucking like uh, the song titles throughout this album. Like uh, the Price is Wrong, and we know that's from uh, Happy Gilmore. Yeah, 
Uh, fucking, I love that shit. Um, what, what's another? <laughs> yeah. Oh god damn! What's another one? Um, habitual line stepper. That's from um, Charlie Murphy's uh, True Hollywood Stories from Chappelle Show. When he was like, he's a bit habitual line stepper, man. He overstepping lines like that. Show. There's a lot of little funny puns and comedy that's in here, but a lot of people don't know. A lot of the tracks. There's two tracks on here that uh, when. Misha Mansour was on SoundClick. He was using uh, uh, his uh, name was Bulb, basically like a light bulb, and he he took uh, riffs from I think Chocolate Flobs and another song and put him for Motormouth and Absalom, and they're just just fucking heavy, man. And you got to say that the Absalom is a great fucking song. It's not my favorite of the album. I'd say it's number two. It is just fucking. I love the way it opens up with that bass, man. And it just gets exponentially heavier and heavier. And it's just like, it's a it's, it's a story, man. And it's just fucking deep and heavy. And I just, you know, I want to slap my dick on a fucking table every time I fucking hear it, bro. It's fucking, it's amazing. And the build up to Motormouth, it, it, it's not, it doesn't end the way I want it to. But it ends on, on a fucking great note. Um, every I think Miracle was a fucking single of this album. And it just yep. is not single material for me. I did not like it. Um... I thought that habitual line stepper and flat line were definitely way better, better composition, um, heavier. Marigold just felt like it was a studio, just like a like a force label. Like, hey, we got to make a song. It's got to be somewhat catchy. Uh, we'll we'll call it Marigold and we'll go from there. Um, I, I talked about the bass crunch for Absalom. It's fucking genty uh, without being autistic for me. And there's one song I could do without, man, is Catch Fire. I I don't like that fucking song. I think it's worse than fucking Marigold. I just, I every time I hear it, I fucking hit skip. I don't want to hear it. It's not for me. Um, and th- to sum it all up, man, there's two more great songs that I'm not talking about. Prayer Position, I I love how it, the, the bass track alone, man. And I sent you guys a video of uh, Nolly Get Good fucking, the, the bass is just crunchy it's big dick energy. That dude has a 12-inch hog that he has to tape to his left leg, bro. It's that That's how good that fucking song is with the bass alone. But it's an overall great song. I love the ending song, Loon Man. It just, it's a perfect ender. It's, it, it's very loving. Uh, I mean, none of these guys would do any wrong in my eyes. Uh, Spencer's uh, singing, I get it. It's a little bit off the wall. Some people don't like it. But damn, man. Like you, uh, Instrumentally, this is an 8.5 out of 10 for me. You can't go wrong. Buy it. Suck a dick for it. I don't care. Yeah, this is a good record. I think it turns out to be my least favorite of the week. Um, it's really hard to say because like, I think these are all really great. Um, and I think the band is awesome. And again, like, it flows really well. Um, but right now, I think I'm ending this being my least favorite. And even though 4 is my favorite, we're not talking about it today. Mm. Still, there's more single potential here. So Flatline was a single. Uh, I can hear the single there, but it's an it's still an odd choice for a song as a whole. Uh, it is catchy. I can see people loving it. So Catch Fire. I have my notes here. Why wasn't this a single? And the reason, okay, the reason I think that that's a song like that should have been a single, when I think about Periphery, when I think about metal, uh, we talked about this before, how like uh, the, the grid of getting your girlfriend into metal, right? So you have Gorguts on one side, and I don't remember who's on the other polar opposite side, but... Uh, there are there are bands that you could play for your girlfriend, and they'll be like, "Okay, I'm into uh, metal," and you can play for uh, bands that you can play, and they're like, "No, I don't want anything to do with that." Yeah. So when I hear some of the more catchy uh, songs, 
I, I see a lot more comments for one, but I know that a lot of people, even if they say like, oh, I love periphery, I, lo I love whatever, I know a lot of people do not like the brutality of metal. Especially when we talk about things like, uh, you know, like something like Rust in Peace. Like if you go back to like Take No Prisoners, like there's like some brutal shit there or you know, Pantera, whatever. Pantera is like one of the most brutal bands ever. So I know people don't like that. So with that combination, with the combination we have here, which I was saying, I like everything smashed together with all kinds of genres happening at the same point. Um, I know a lot of other people like that because it takes kind of away from that brutal, hard, sharp edge of metal and it, it gets more people to be willing to be into it uh so loon is the only way to go out and there's crowd chanting at the end of that song and i hope they end the shows with that because yes like because when i oh they, they do end the, sh the shows with that yeah yeah i'm sorry continue yeah you were saying they do end the shows yeah, with that? okay so they're the show i went to goddamn in april 2017 they actually <laughs> yeah. ended it with loon and okay it was played at uh what's that damn place in new haven connecticut toad's place and oh it, yeah it just you could hear that shit it felt like for miles man it, it's just it, it brought everyone together um i brought one of my friends uh nightmare rh to that show he did not do well in the mosh pit that's all i'm gonna say but he did his best but they ended with loon man and god damn it's such a great fucking song dude amazing yeah when, when you say it brought everyone together that's when i was when i was listening to it it's like okay yeah if they play this at the end everybody will be like chanting that shit yeah um so yeah, Marigold, I'm not surprised the song was a single. It seems like it would go over really well with fans. Uh, I, I don't know if I am in love with that song, but I can like when I hear some of these, I can I can hear it. I can hear people being into it. So Motormouth is one of the songs that gives me those slipknot vibes. A uh, vocal style delivery is like very Corey Taylor inspired. And then Habitual Line Stepper is the other one here. Uh, Drum-wise, also, that reminds me of Slipknot at points, but definitely vocal-wise. Um, and there's um, there's elements in there that, like, don't, that don't sound like Slipknot, but I'm just saying, like, at, at points, it comes through, like, very clear. And I'm surprised. Like, Slipknot is brutal as shit. I don't... Uh, we talked about Iowa, I think. And that album is, like, balls-to-the-wall, ridiculous insanity. So, like... I don't know when I hear something like this and how they, they kind of ride the line of where they're going musically. I wouldn't expect like the singer of this band to love them, but I, I think, I think he does. And I think a lot of them uh, like Slipknot quite a bit. Uh, the, this album starts with a song. The price is wrong. Jomo had brought it up. Uh, perfect way to start this album off. It's like balls to the wall brutality immediately. I love the song. And I'm very impressed that it was nominated for a Grammy because I fig I would have figured that like the old shrivs over there wouldn't be up for something that heavy. That song is heavy as balls. Uh, and Grammy, the people there are probably a bunch of fucking old boomer fucking shrivs. Uh, Rob, what do you think of this album? It's my favorite for the week. So like, mm. I actually like it when it's all like uh, annoying uh, fucking voice all the time. Uh, you know the the screaming to, to singing back and forth annoys me a lot, and so f the songs that are all sung are like uh, I, I I like I like those the best. My favorite song of the week is "Remain Indoors." It has this uh, stonery major key genty vibe thing that like yeah, that's my fucking jam. If if this band is too many riffs per minute, uh, "Remain Indoors" has the like the the stonery thing that like I fucking want crave fucking ten out of ten. Uh, Absalom is also a ten out of ten. 
Um, and then when it, yeah, so I, I think I do like Catch Fire. Again, like, I don't care if that makes me fucking lame, gay, whatever. Like, uh, a little mm. bit less, uh, and, like, all whiny vocals is fucking good with me. Um, yeah, and then, like, Marigold, I think I was in and out on. I think there were parts that were 10 out of 10 mixed with 5 out of 10 riffs, and so it was just, you know, we'll call it a 7 out of 10 or something for me. Mm. Um and uh, yeah, they're, they're uh, like this band, if I haven't said this already, like this band is super technical, talented, like like top of the line, like uh, uh, fucking uh, talent wise, you know, like I remember seeing Between the Buried and Me a few uh, a few times live and that band was so fucking tight and amazing, but also like kind of forgettable because it's just too much fucking shit per minute. And it's just like, uh, I don't know, that shit wears me out. So Remain Indoors, 10 out of 10, uh, Absalom, 10 out of 10, and uh, my favorite for the week. That's it. Yeah, I saw a bunch of people saying that Between the Buried and Me is their favorite um band of this style and Periphery is like their second favorite. But I saw quite a bit of people bring them up. Uh, it's a band I haven't heard of or thought about, well, heard of, heard from or thought about in quite a while. Um, so, yeah, Remain Indoors, I won't even lie. I love the singing in that song. It feels like it'd be like a home run single for the band. Uh, I would have released it as a single. The song before that, The Way the News Goes, I love the guitar playing in that song. It's fucking great. It's unique and it's different and it stands it stands out and it breaks up just like the, the, the crazy, uh, you know, heavy shit that we get through quite a bit of the rest of the album prayer position is one that Jumbo brought up the other day jamma jams might be the best song in the album i don't know if it isn't it's up there towards the top it's another song that i want to see live and then absolute absalom yo the yes. bass on that song right uh the bass and drum combo there with just the guitar complementing it i've talked about that style before queen has done it there's been probably a billion bands that have done it but the guitar doesn't always need to be chugging in your face you know dropping cock on the counter mm. it can be kind of just complementing what the bass and drums are doing and i love that uh and it's doing it here uh give me more of it i like that that change up of the sound because i think it sounds great and also like the bass and the drums are like so tight together there oh and there's a nice addition of a uh, piano at the end so when i was listening to when I, I was like going back and forth listening to these, and then uh, when I was actually getting my notes together, when I went to two, there was a song in here. Uh, I can't remember which one it was. Uh, and I was thinking at the end of it, it might have been Have a Blast. I was thinking at the end, it was like, uh, there's there's a bunch of kind of static to where the song goes out. And I was like, okay, later on, if the, if the band recorded this song now, they would have put a piano outro or something there to connect it to the next song. And then Face Palm Mute, uh, which I think was the one that comes after it, there is like an outro of that. So uh, I was like, okay, so they were doing that before. So it isn't something new on three or, or four or five. They were doing it back in 2012, uh, and it is there. So it's a very cool thing. They have kind of these different elements that they that they will pull out when they want to, and it, it gives them a unique sound, and it also like it bridges the album together, which I think is great. Some people might consider it padding or whatever to make these albums to be 60, 64, 69 minutes long, uh, but it does really help the flow. I think it helps it out quite a bit. It's sure, like sometimes I do have to skip through, you know, the ADHD is, is hard for me to stick through for 70 minutes of, of music, but um, it, it, it works and it ties the stuff together. And at some of these, I was listening to the end and seeing if it loop back to the beginning, but I don't think any of these records loop back from the end. Uh, anyone else want to say anything about three? 
I, I'm surprised that uh, Mr. Rob Fortune. This is his least favorite, or your favorite? No, this is his most. This, this is, is most, Rob's okay, favorite. Rob, so this is this is my least favorite. Yeah. What? What make? God damn, you guys are. I'm just. I'm just. I'm torn though. Like, I think everything is good here, and there's also five I want to talk about because I think five does a lot for the band. I think five is like opens the future for these guys. So when I listen to three, mm. it's not that it's not good. I think they're all good. I think. I think all these records are good. There's great parts. Uh, there, there's everything sounds good. Like I said, it flows well. There's these cool interlude parts, but five, I think opens the future for these guys. And I'll talk about that more in a minute, but I don't know. It's hard for me to say like still four is my favorite. Cause I accidentally listened to it the other day thinking it was on the list and it's not here anyway, but, uh, I don't know. They're all good. It's just, I'm trying to put these in order and okay. How do you put all these like great records in order? I don't know. I have to pick one. So I'm putting two at number one, uh, and then, uh, five and then three personally. Okay. Okay. Let's read some YouTube comments. Uh, first one says it's so easy to, to identify their sound. It's like no other. And, uh, and th uh, excuse me, a through a what? A something professional <laughs> cohesive unit, which kicks ass with each release. I think they mean thorough. Actually, that might actually say thorough. Uh, Periphery next one says, Periphery gives me and makes me forget about all the negative shit in my life. Next comment. Spencer's voice is amazing. He's up there with Jesse Leach. Okay, I love Jesse Leach. He's one of my favorite ever, but I actually think this guy's range is a lot crazier than Jesse's. Uh, it, and he can go from like singing, uh, regular singing to like emo singing to like death metal singing to back very easily. Now that might just be on the re uh, recording where he records them separately. I don't know. I've never seen these guys live, but if he can do that, I mean, it's pretty impressive. Next one, Periphery sounds so good live. It sounds just like the studio version. Is that true, Jomo? Um, not for Spencer's vocals, but everything else is pretty solid. Instrumental, okay. instrumental wise and all that, but Spencer's yeah. vocals are not like you can definitely tell he gets strained a lot more yeah. as the show goes on. So that's it. I'm not, I'm not surprised. Yeah, the range of, like when I hear the range of this dude, it's like it's pretty. I'm not saying it's Axl Rose, but I'm saying like it's pre it's pretty wide. Yo, uh, uh, god damn you, fucking bro! I hate Axl Rose so fucking much. Yeah. Well, guess what? He doesn't give a shit. All right, last comment. <laughs> <laughs> last comment. I love this band with a passion. I wish I could make it uh, to their tour uh, with Periphery and Animals as Leaders. Oh, I know. Oh. Did you Did you ever see them with AAL? I've I've I had a chance. I I fucking I wish Rob would just kick me right in the fucking nuts because I had a chance to go see Animals as Leaders. I was like, oh, I'll go see them another time. And I, I just, I fucked up so bad, man, because I do want to see their work, man. I really want to go see them live. You know what? Let's go get tickets. We're, we're going to go see them. But, yeah, I fucked up. Oh, yeah. At this point, he knew he had fucked up. He yeah, it's true. Up. Are we all set with three? Yeah, we're habitual line steppers. Does, that, does anyone need to use the bathroom? Uh, if you're going, I'm going. I'll pee. Okay. No, let's go real quick. Let's go real quick. All right, buddy. I need you to get up. Thank you. Oh my God. Come farther. <laughs> Come farther. <laughs> oh man. Sorry. Have you guys been here for a while? My mic was like, I didn't. Oh, like, I was no, like, hey, what? is anyone there? We're talking Over about here. Cum, we're talking here. about cum farts. So. Oh really? Mm -hmm. yeah. Tell me more. No, like, no. I was thinking like the yeah. Godfather. Jomo is the cum farther. Oh. Yeah, I'm I'm about to send bro. a fuck ton of Pokemon cards to fucking Christmas. 
Nice. They're all booty, well, but you know they're, they're in good condition. Yo, yo let, let's be real. Rob's comedy these days is fucking eleven out of ten. Nice. It's I'm actually eleven out of eleven because eleven is like when you crank it up. What's up? I need him to Rob. I want to see you do amateur night. Come on. I know you got amateur night in you. Yeah, I've I've uh, I've done a little bit of comedy live. Uh, yeah, I like it. Good. Good. Amateur stripper night. Ooh, even better. <laughs> yeah, my buddy has a stripper pole in his house. Get the fuck out of here. No, he does. He showed it. He showed me a picture of it. All right. Supposed to be good exercise. Like I, I used to watch like parkour videos and like holding yourself sideways. Like that, that shit takes a lot of strength. Oh yeah, Carmen Electra has a whole like yeah weight loss video series on uh, pole dancing. Because she's a whore, but all right. <laughs> yeah. Whores. She's a whore. Whores. I like banging whores. <laughs> God damn. That, that show, it kind of tanked a little bit. It's sad, but the, the, the early fucking It's Always Sunny Man yeah. is legit. I, I don't know. I just love how they get Danny DeVito to do the craziest, dumbest shit. He crawls butt naked out of a couch, like sweating. <laughs> Oh Jesus! All right, well I gotta I gotta fucking pull that image out of my head. Uh, let's talk about <laughs> P five. Like you haven't seen it a thousand times on the internet. It's still it lives rent free in my head, my friend. <laughs> yeah, mm. it will. Okay, Periphery Five Gent is not a genre is a nine track record released in twenty twenty three, coming in just over seventy minutes long. It's the band's seventh studio album, reaching one hundred and ninety eight on the U S Billboard two hundred charts, and contains the singles Ooh. Wildfire, uh, Zagreus, and Atropose, I have no clue how you pronounce that. Uh, Gent is not a genre is released through the band's own label, Three Dot Recordings. If you look at their artwork, you'll see the three dots. That's where it comes from. Uh, the album was self-produced by Periphery and their former bassist, Adam Nolly Getgood. Uh, both initial singles include references to material from previous albums, 2015's Juggernaut Alpha and Juggernaut Omega. The chorus of Wildfire reinterprets the central motif of the event, and Zagreus features a primary riff from Four Lights, among others. Guitarist Misha Mansour confirms Zagreus was inspired by the 2020 award-winning indie video game uh, Hades, as the song is named after the game's protagonist from Greek mythology and references, excuse me, and features a reference to the game's death music. Uh, so this is the record that I was talking about, where I think that this is going to open up a lot of paths for this band. Uh, when we talked about Polyphia before, that's like a metal band who, on their newest album, kind of merged with a bunch of pop elements. And again, it takes that kind of hard edge out of metal, and also it allows them to have guest stars. Now, that band, I believe, is completely instrumental, with the exception of the guest stars, which I think does wonders for them, at least commercially. So when you have a record like this... And the reason I say that is because there are so many musical styles crammed into this album. There are jazz elements thrown in. On the very first song, there's like a jazz part with a piano and a saxophone. And uh, it, it comes out of nowhere and it fucking sounds great. Uh, so, oh, there's, so we have the multiple styles of singing. We have the emo style, the regular singing style, the scream style, and the Corey Taylor style. Not as much Corey Taylor as you get in like part four, which unfortunately we don't know. Uh, but I think that I think that's where it kind of shines the most. So the name of this album, Gent is not a genre. I think the name of it and the structure is saying that you can do more things with Gent than just like giving it a single definition. And they present their case here as well as you really could present anything. Again, there's there's all kinds of stuff going into this. Um, the recording of this sounds great. I will say again, I do think their stuff in general is a bit overproduced, uh, but it flows well. Uh, and there's like different pieces like violins uh, and stuff to like bridge the songs. We have piano at some point. 
uh, the interlude to however you pronounce the song, Atropos, uh, might be my favorite. Um, and so again, some might call this kind of stuff padding, uh, like the extra, because some of some of the uh, endings of some of these songs, like the interludes, are like five minutes long. Like some of them are quite long, some of them are two, some of them are three. Um, some of them might call them padding, but again, I think it just really helps connect everything and make the record flow together. If if you go back and listen to Metropole by uh, the Lawrence Arms, there's quite a bit of that as well. Uh, Brendan Kelly went around. I don't know if he was in Italy or where he was, but he went around with like a tape recorder and recorded like street musicians, and they get put at the end of the songs and kind of connect them together. It adds a lot to it, um, and I, so fans seem to love this album. And uh, it, good on Periphery for knowing what their fans want and delivering it to them. And again, I'm not surprised that fans love this because I, I think a lot of them want to kind of ride that line of brutal metal but not necessarily go over it. Now, in this, we we do get some of them, like, insane shit. There's a song in here, Everything is Fine. Okay, one of the craziest um, things that this record does, again, like some of the other ones, is it puts, like, brutal shit next to some of the lightest stuff. So Everything is Fine has to be one of the heaviest songs ever fucking written. It has to be. I want someone to get out the decibel meter or whatever you judge fucking heaviness, and that song has to be up there. Uh, it's very possibly my favorite on the album. And... um. So somebody said that they that they want this record, or they think this record is going to be uh, the blueprint, essentially, of the future of metal. Now, I don't really want that because I, I there are things I love about this band, but if you were ever to compare like Periphery to someone like Megadeth to me, like old school Megadeth or Pantera, I want the brutal, like real brutal shit uh, instead of this personally. But I can see like when everything is fine. Uh, I can see like people using that as a blueprint. And then directly after that song, we get a song called Silhouette. Um, I'm really surprised the song wasn't a single because the whole idea of this album, again, is to kind of pull all this stuff together and say that Gent can be, I guess, essentially anything. You can kind of mash it together with anything. Um, so I'm, I'm surprised that that wasn't a single. I, I hate the poppiness of that song. There's more poppier, I think, than some of the other ones. There's this 80s vibe that goes through Silhouette that I do like. Uh, there's piano and strings that I think are beautiful as well. Um, you got to watch out because a song like Silhouette will get stuck in your head, like whether you want it to or not. Uh, and someone com someone commented on the song Silhouette. They said Periphery is officially my favorite boy band from the mid 2000s. And the funny thing about that Bro. comment is one one of the songs before that there is like a boy band moment, Wax Wings. Uh, there's a part in that song where it goes like full boy band for I don't know 20 seconds or whatever, and. Um, I, I think that's great. Again, they're pulling in all this crazy shit and making it work and it comes out of nowhere. So if you go into this record, like completely blind, don't read anything about it. Well, I don't know if there's like spoilers or whatever in music, but um, it, it comes out of nowhere. Like the sax, like the saxophone from before. And like that I mentioned in wildfire with the piano. Um, and I don't know. The singing is great. This record is a, it's tight. It has a billion fucking things going on. Uh, it sounds good. And I'm just saying like when, when we talk about, when you talk about music or rock or metal, people say that the amount of uh, loving or caring about that style of music has dwindled over the years, which it definitely has. And things like rap and stuff have become more popular, which also they have. So it's like, okay, you can take something like metal or gent or whatever the fuck you want to call this specific style of music. And you can keep doing the same thing you've been doing forever, or you can try to bring in all these other elements to kind of fuse and make something new. There are rap songs that use, you know, rock tracks that they rap over. Um, and then there are, different styles of rap there's all this other kind of stuff so this is kind of like 
in my opinion, it's, it's, it's gent or just metal taking in a bunch of all the different styles and kind of making this amalgamation of something, uh, which, which is like a coherent, uh, record. So again, like, uh, uh, What's the band? Uh, Polyphia. When when we did that, uh, when we talked about them, I said, if you froze me now and woke me up in 20 years and told me that that Polyphia record was the highest selling album of all time and it sold like uh, a billion out, a billion records, I would not be surprised. I just feel like the there, there's like a difference between um, making something uh, that is for like a niche audience and making something that can go out into the the mainstream and be on the radio everywhere and have people calling in like, like a modern day TRL or some shit to hear it. And so I do think there's stuff here that will do that, but like the song, like ABC or whatever the hell is called in the Polyphia, uh, fucking record. That song could have probably has like a billion views by now. Rob, what do you think of this album? Um, placing this at number two for the week. There are parts of it that I really like. I, I like how the album begins. Uh, I don't like silhouette at all. It goes full Ram Ranch one, and um, you know, I, I uh, the, uh, and and like I like plenty of '80s dance music. So like I'm not complaining about the genre of it. I just think the execution of it was F minus. But uh, there, so there's parts of this album that I like liked quite a bit. But yeah, I'm placing it at number two, right in the middle for me. Like, uh, I, and that's all I have to say. Yeah, like I was saying about silhouette. It's like it's it's very poppy. And I don't like the poppiness of it. There's a song after that called Dying Star. Um, and it, the vocals in that song remind me of some other band. I don't know who it is, but it's I, it's someone. I was racking my brain when I was listening to it. It's there. It's on the tip of my tongue. I just don't know what, uh, who it is. It's another song on the poppier side of things. Again, I can see it being a single. So this record is brand new. So the ones before, those are pretty much like in concrete. They're not going to re-release singles from those albums. But this is from 2023, and there's been three singles. So I'm not surprised if they keep going with it. And I would, especially because it's on their own label. Just rake that fucking money in. Uh, so Dying Star, like I was saying, I can see it being a single for the band. Um, and I'm wondering if like a song like that is more of the direction that these guys want to go. Uh, there's a comment on that song that says it, this legit reminds me of thrice. It doesn't remind me of thrice, but there might, I don't know exactly what part he's talking about or that person is talking about Uh song after that, uh, Zagreus. So that's what I'm talking about. Like I fucking love that song. It's one of my favorites on the record. Uh, it doesn't get much love online. Some of these songs have tons of comments on them. That is not, this is not one of them and it doesn't surprise me. Uh, it comes in right after dying star, which uh, again shows that they're going from either like heavy to pop or like pop to heavy or to just like brutality and they can go like from one to the other and back like in the blink of an eye uh chorus is legit infectious on that song and the guitar solo is one of my favorites so th that song might be like the, the kind of like the perfect balance between the styles that they're fighting for on this record i don't know what they imagine the future after this because it, when i hear this it's like this is what i think that they imagine the future being but when i hear a song like zagreus I, it makes me wonder like what they're thinking the future is after this record uh the song after that dracool i don't know how the fuck you pronounce that um i w i wonder how often a song like that gets played live again this album is brand new when i looked up that song live on youtube there's there's no uh recordings of it so i don't know if it's been played live yet it's like 12 minutes long or something i do award that song like banger status um and because these guys have their own label now i want to see them just drop dick and make that song a single, like a 12 minute long fucking song. Who cares? It doesn't matter anymore. Like it, all the money is coming from you. It's staying in house. So who gives two shits? If like, it doesn't get big, it doesn't really matter. I want to see them change. Like they're changing up to at least have the idea of changing a lot of stuff with this record. 
So it, it, at that point, just change everything. Fuck it. Change whatever the modern single is. Throw that shit right out the window. Make this 12-minute long song a single, and then let other people follow. Uh, other bands have done it. Like when you think about Bohemian Rhapsody, it's a long-ass time ago. And yeah, that's banger status, eternal banger status of a song. But they did it. And so I'm saying it's 2023. Make this shit a single and change the fucking landscape everything. Jomo, how much do you do you hate this record? Dude, I'm I I'm confused by it, right? And it's like they, there's just a lot of elements that are just it's it's just it's way too much, man. You you mentioned everything is fine. Like that is legit the my favorite song from the fucking album. I love Wildfire, however, like the incorporation of like like the more jazzy fucking it gets, the more I'm like, oh boy, Misha is uh He's just going, he's doing whatever he can. He has fuck you money right now. And he's just doing whatever he wants in the studio. He's like, oh, this is going to sound great. Just keep it. I I, I want to hear per, Periphery 9. Uh, I'm not gay no more. That's going to be their Periphery 9 <laughs> album. <laughs> and, and it's basically, I ain't gay no more. Um, what is P6 going to be called? That's my purse. You know, um, uh, all right. That joke's spent. <laughs> Uh, but you know, there's just these guys are a bunch of fucking. They're trolls, man. They're funny trolls who are talented, who are fucking. They they've got they've got the talent. They've made some great fucking songs. P five is a great album. I'll give them that. It's just it's 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 getting out of control for me. It's like I want them to get recentered, kind of like a P three, um, maybe even P two kind of roots, and 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 just slowly just transition to this stuff. You're you're trying to go full trans. I'm not full trans yet. I want to keep my dick, okay? Um let's let's keep the dick and let's slowly ease into P5 and then go into P6, okay? And to me, this album is pretty damn good. I would say it's a 6 out of 10 though. I think they could have done better, man. Um Silhouette it, it stuck in my head and I was like, "Okay, well, you know, I could walk off a cliff now. I don't need to hear anything else." Thank you. <laughs> Um, for me, the riffs are good, um, but everything is fine. Is like when I hear that song, I'm like, "Yo, I I, I want to kick someone in their fucking head right now. I'm ready to go. Let's. I'm ready to kill a hooker. Let's let's fucking do this shit." But everything, I'm just conflicted because there's like there's great songs in here, and then there's like fucking shit tier songs, and I don't want it. So six out of ten, not a bad album. Uh, I wouldn't buy it. I would stream it for free. Yeah, everything is fine is I don't know, is the jam. That's it's it's so fucking brutal. I love it. Um one of the comments on Wax Wings was it it should be illegal for one person to hit those beautiful highs and also release growls from growls from hell. Uh yeah, again, I want I want to see these guys live uh to to make a fair assessment, but the dude's got a range. I'm not I'm not going to try to take that away from him. Um uh Atropos is a song that it, I don't know if I talked about this before. I know it was a bit too much on the pop side for me. I'm, I'm not surprised that people love it. Um, I, I like his dynamics uh, vocally, the dynamic use of his range, uh, uh, and like being able to change on the spot is like pro as hell uh, from singing to screaming and back. Good choice for a single, uh, even though the song's over eight minutes long, uh, it can bridge the gap between like hard brutality, uh, uh, excuse me, hard brutality and like more poppy metal. And then lastly, the last song in this album is called thanks no boo i have no clue how the fuck you pronounce that uh awesome song to end on and i would love to see like this full album played live i want to see what it sounds like kind of contained but in like a live atmosphere where the stuff can change so i want to see it like statically this like this but also like in a dynamic atmosphere i don't know i just think like again i don't i still don't know what the fuck gent even is i don't know what the definition of it is but 
there's all this kind of crazy shit being pulled in here. Some of some of it is almost like comical, like bringing in a saxophone. I get the piano, and the piano sounds like so jazzy that it's it's not even like the normal piano from before when they bring it in. It's like straight up jazz fucking uh, improv piano, and it's great. And the saxophone comes in. So I like that they're trying new things. They're expanding out. People, this this album was very well received. This is actually their highest rated record on whatever the site I was on before was. Uh, people are loving it. There's tons of comments on pretty much all of these songs, uh, and so good for them again for knowing your the the uh, your fans and like what they want and uh, putting out a record that everybody's loving. So I don't know. Again, you, you got to do something. You got to change something up because metal is a hard sell to a lot of people. There's money to be taken from people and it, metal is kind of a harder sell. So combining this stuff together, uh, putting all this stuff uh, in, a, in a song or on an album uh, is probably the best way to sell it. So again, like if they're trying to say that like gent is not a genre, meaning it can be anything or you can combine it with other stuff and it's easy to... Um, Again, I don't know, just combine it together. This is pretty much one of the best ways that you could really sell that idea. Does anyone want to say anything else about five? P5, why are you gay? What's the next record going to be called, Jomo? Predict it now. Uh, P- P6, uh, ready to suck dicks. I don't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh Yo, so picture picture the the their album cover, but in, like look at the P, but it's like three dicks or two dicks or whatever. I can see that. I P, think you're onto something. P six the gang bang. <laughs> so a couple of YouTube comments. First one says, "Gent is not a genre; it's a language." I mean, these are the comments that I hate and I normally mock, but whatever. Uh, next one says, "I am so thankful to hear more jazz harmony and metal. It hits so hard. It, yeah, it works. It's funny, but it's like so like it, the jazz like piano is like so ridiculous that I bet you a lot of people would laugh at it." Mm-hmm. Um, uh, next one says, "Gent is not a genre; it's a lifestyle." Uh, again, I don't think that's what these guys are going for, but whatever. Next one says, "Holy shit, I want to cry." This is an issue I have with pretty much all bands. I don't know why everyone is so fucking emotional. Just listen and get through the album and say that was awesome. No, we don't need everyone on earth to be crying while listening to music. Um, Lastly, uh, this album isn't bad, but I'm not blown away. I really like a few songs and a few sections of other songs, but I feel like this is the first time they haven't greatly outdone themselves. Uh, Yeah, maybe not. I don't know if we're comparing like musicianship or whatever, but idea wise, they've definitely outdone themselves. This fucking album is all over the place. They've incorporated all kinds of crazy shit in it. Uh, anything else anyone want to say about Periphery? No. Fantastic. Great, great band. Better than uh, Guns N' Roses, for sure. <laughs> so if you want more Periphery, they have, the, they have their 2010 uh, self-titled album. They have a double record, Alpha and Omega, from 2015. And they have Periphery 4, Hail Stan, from 2019, which I highly recommend. Oh, yeah. Nice. So yeah, it was a good week. I love these guys. Um yeah, I, I I don't know what I was expecting because we listened to so much stuff here and I forgot what uh, previous periphery was like. And yeah, I was uh, pleasantly surprised. Excellent. I'm, nice. I'm glad because you gave me shit for years about always mentioning them. But we're good now. We're square. We're square. We're square. We're square. Yeah, they're legit. They're a great band. All right. What do we got going on next week? What's going on with that? Uh, I want to do the used. Oh nice. God! Yeah, it's a choice. Well, I, I won't tell you the other one. Then I like. Yeah, let's do the U. So I want to do their their self titled album from two thousand and two, in Love and Death from two thousand and four, artwork from two thousand and nine, and Imaginary Enemy from twenty fourteen. I think Jackson's nice. gonna gonna guest host this show. Oh yeah, mm. dude, I miss Jackson. Hell yeah! 
Right. <laughs> Wait, is he here? Wait, is he here? Yeah, he just he whispered by. He whispered. <laughs> he walked on by. He he and he and he sashayed across the floor, if you know what I mean. Mm. All mm. right. Well, thank you for listening today. Uh,